when you set up a plan and when you live within your means and when you save and when you plan ahead, that makes uh, achieving your financial goals and objectives that much more doable. In our first episode of Financial Advice for All, we'll be talking to Devin Catalan. He's only 25, but Wealth Professional Canada has already named Devin one of the advisors shaping the future of wealth management. We're going to speak to him about the importance of financial advice, about financial literacy, and the role that an advisor can play in having a healthy financial future. Financial advice is important for individuals regardless of where they are in their life. Um, With a young investor, the financial advice that may be important to them might be in the area of debt management or learning how to optimize your budget to create forms of savings or maybe even some of the basics of investing. The effects that a young investor or the, the changes that a young investor makes at a young age can have a lasting effect over their lifetime. What a lot of investors have difficulty doing is they kind of neglect or postpone uh, making changes because life gets in the way. And, um, but one of the benefits a young investor has is the effects of compounding and a long-term time horizon. So working with an advisor can help to to, to optimize that, to have a lasting effect over their lifetime. What are some of the challenges that millennials face when it comes to dealing with their finances? So many millennials who enter the workforce now um, are often not fully are often not fully employed um, or underemployed, and don't find full time work in their fields till much later in life. And often, in, in millennials as well enter the workforce with quite quite a bit more debt and are actually the, the most amount of debt of any generation prior to them. Some of the challenges that, that um, millennials face or young investors face is how to, how to manage debt, how to manage your cash flow to actually create uh, savings or to actually uh, create a savings plan and to invest for, long, uh, for the long term instead of just managing the day-to-day. That's really a unique... Um, situation that young investors face, as well as uh, nowadays, there's a lot of technology and low cost investments out there. And I mean, that's a good thing for investors. But that also creates a lot of confusion and uh, quite a bit of a knowledge gap because it's so easy to go out there and invest. And because we hear so much conflicting news in the media, and uh, from our peers and from our friends, it can be difficult Filling that void, uh, filling that knowledge gap void, and so where an investor can come, uh, where an advisor can come in and help out is to help bridge that knowledge gap, help young investors create and figure out what their long-term goals are, which can be difficult for young people to do, and create a plan to actually go out and achieve that. What would you say are the most common misperceptions about money management? There's two main ones that that I see a lot of. The first one being that I can always wait on creating my financial plan. Um, I have lots of time uh, and retirement's a, a far ways out. And really, that that can be a pretty detrimental over the long term. If you don't plan for the long term, 
um, it'll sneak up on you quickly and it, it won't be ach- achievable anymore. The second most misunderstood conception is that personal finance is mostly about investing. I don't think that the two um, are entirely correlated. I think that sure, investing can be a good uh, can be a part of good money management, but personal finance is about setting goals for yourself. It's about budgeting. It's about saving. And it's about being comfortable living within your means. What's the best way to get the most value out of financial advice? It's a good question. So um, a lot of people probably don't want to hear this, but the best way to do that is simply by doing your homework. And so what that means is um, that means thinking about what your goals and objectives really are, um, sitting down. And if you have a spouse or you have kids uh, talking through or preferably your spouse uh, in most cases, but talking through what 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 your goals and objectives are, whether that be around retirement, education, uh, planning for your kids, um, whether it be around what legacy you want to leave behind. So that could be from an estate planning perspective. Um, And sharing those goals and objectives with your advisor, as well as disclosing your full financial situation. So that be um, you know, bringing in your wills to your advisor, bringing in your insurance policies, bringing in, in, in your investment statements, your banking statements, sharing your budget. Um, and once your advisor understands your goals and objectives, has the, in, all the information that they need to help exec- create and execute your plan, uh, you're geared much more, uh, you're geared to be, you're setting yourself up for success. If you have a question that that comes up, whatever it may be from a personal finance perspective, give your advisor a call, whether that be a mortgage is coming up for renewal and you want to talk about whether it makes sense to be in a a variable mortgage rate or a fixed mortgage rate or whether or not you can get a better rate elsewhere. Advisors have a lot of connections, whether that be mortgage brokers or lawyers. And so making sure that you share everything personal finance related, meet regularly with your advisor, and set up a plan so that you can go out and uh, achieve those goals. What are the greatest threats that investors face to their success? Uh, So I'd say that the greatest threat to investors of all ages would be short-term thinking. It's difficult in this day and age where we're flooded with information and data, and we have instantaneous um, access to that information and data, not to be swayed by um, by that information and data. And so a lot of investors have difficulty thinking long-term and they think short-term and react to the information that they hear. And that's a normal characteristic that human beings have. It's, it's normal to want to panic or it's that fight or flight system where we want to react or we want to run away. But the important thing is that markets are hard to time in the short-term. Um, it's nearly impossible. There's been studies that say that less that your odds are getting in and out of a downturn are less than one in six. What we encourage our clients to do is really focus on the long-term picture. What is what are your goals? Um, what will pulling out those funds do to your long-term picture if you miss out on potential upside? Devin told us about a study that compared a few groups of people who were all invested in the same fund over the same period of time. Some of them had an advisor, others didn't. 
The study showed that those who had an advisor had greater returns from their fund over that time. We asked why. It's not so much that necessarily advisors are geniuses. It's that um, it's the fact that uh, um, the investors would have to call up their advisor to to sell out of the fund. And the advisor would talk them through that and to, to kind of move some of the emotion to it and start to think logically about uh, those those market downturns and the fact that they're just normal. Uh, perhaps the number one um, thing an advisor can do, uh, number one role of an advisor is to be is to be that gatekeeper to help bring logic as opposed to emotion into investing. What are your thoughts on so-called robo advice platforms? I mean, I, I think there's a place for robo advice. Um, I, I think that, for, especially with young investors who are starting out, that they may not meet investment minimums. Um, there's a place for it um, in terms of meeting your basic your basic portfolio management needs and investment management needs. I just I, I think that when issues become more complex and when you start to accumulate more assets, it the services that a robo advise advisor or um, or those other solutions offer. Uh, just just aren't enough. They're not personalized enough. They try. We have a tendency. Humans have a tendency to try and fit everything into models or molds. And um, the financial planning process is very unique. Uh, it depends on your individual goals and objectives. Working with an advisor, you should come up with unique solutions. Uh, depending on individual circumstances. And so the problem that some of these IA or uh, robo-advisors have is, is that they, they work to models. They don't work to uh, providing financial, real financial advice. Um, but I think that over time, those solutions will get better. And I could see that the marriage of the two, uh, robo-advisors and investment ad- advisors, um, happening over time where... Uh, advisors use the robo platform to help bring efficiencies and reduce costs and help with administration uh, and maybe even the investment management portion. And when it comes to dealing with unique circumstances, goals and objectives, then the advisor will come in and and help the client through that. Or like we talked about earlier with um, you know, when market uncertainty happens and clients panic and that behavioral coaching aspect as well, that's really only something an advisor can, uh, can provide their clients. The one concern I have in that area is, is I mentioned earlier that if you want to truly utilize your financial advisor, what's really important is to disclose your goals and objectives, but also to disclose your whole financial picture. So what, what can occur when you have assets in multiple places is that there's a miscommunication that occurs. Um, and the solution that you're actually picking can be conflicting amongst the solutions of the other platforms. And so sometimes what we see is people have multiple advisors thinking, um, you know, I want multiple advisors, multiple forms of advice. And what can end up happening is you get conflicting information because there's, there's many ways to achieve 
achieve your goals and objectives. There's many different solutions that you can use. There's many ways to get there. Um, and people just like advisors or robo advisors may have different different ways of getting there. And so it can actually be a little bit more detrimental if you get conflicting advice. Um, and if you and if if the full financial picture isn't working, it isn't working in harmony together. I mean, an easy example would be uh, you're in a 50-50 a model or a balanced growth model with 50% equity and 50% fixed income on a robo-platform in a non-registered account. And uh, ma uh, an investment advisor is ma managing the majority of your accounts and they're managing it in a way that's more tax efficient by putting your fixed income into your registered plans and so it's tax sheltered. And but yet you're generating uh, interest income in your non-registered account with your robo-advisor. So the whole tax situation hasn't been taken into effect. How have new investment minimums impacted financial advice as an industry? In some parts of the market, it has negatively affected it. And in some parts, it has been a positive thing. From the perspective of it being negative is that uh, advisors who have established investment minimums are no longer giving advice to those people who fall under those investment minimums. So, and more and more advisors are starting uh, establishing investment minimums. And what that has done is that has created um, uh, a market where people who don't meet those minimums aren't getting advice. And um, whereas in the past, uh, especially when compensation was based was was taken from mutual funds as opposed to fee based from directly from the client. Uh, maybe there was a little bit less of a uh, a concern on having a minimum account size. But from uh, the good from a good perspective, um, it's also forcing advisors to uh, the industry is also moving towards the point where advisors have reduced the amount of households that they've had. So they're dealing with people over a certain investment minimum and but they're dealing with less relationships so those relationships that they have have are more meaningful relationships and um and that can and that benefits those individual clients uh but unfortunately on the negative side is that gap is that knowledge gap where people may be under 250 100 uh, 250 thousand dollars or depending on the size of the on the uh the advisor uh in a lot of cases it's a million plus um, aren't getting aren't getting sound financial advice. Devin also told us a bit about his background and how he got into financial advice. I have always been good with money. I've always had a little bit of a fascination with with money and investing. Um, and my sister is is we call her the bohemian child. Uh, she, she, she isn't, but she, she's good at getting advice. So, uh, <laughs> she, she's very receptive to advice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was 10, I remember having a conversation, um, uh, with my mom in an indigo about Gary Schwartz, uh, who's the owner of Onyx. So Onyx is a, is a private equity company. Um, and, uh, he's actually married to the owner of Indigo. But so they're a, a major power couple in, in Canada. And I remember being fascinated with the idea of a company buying other companies. And that's kind of where I sparked my interest in investing. 
Um, so I remember when, when people used to ask me as a kid, they used to say, you know, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And most people say firefighter or, or police officer. And I used to say owner of a holding company. But I was also lucky enough to have both my parents in the industry. Um, my mother worked in banking for over 20 years and in a lot of uh, wealth, uh, wealth management uh, positions. And my dad, I currently work alongside. Um, he's a portfolio manager like myself, and we've worked uh, together now for over five years or about five years. And uh, he's been in the industry for, for 30 years. Um, so I've had that direct mentorship, which has helped me a lot and kind of sparked my interest in, in working uh, in wealth management. Dealing with finances, it's very personal. I mean, every, everything we do in today's day and age is tied to, to money. And so it can be overwhelming for, for most people. It is overwhelming and uh, it does bring about anxiety. And in, one, in, in some part of your life, you're going to experience anxiety when it comes to money. Not your entire life. Yeah, exactly. Working with an advisor helps to helps to alleviate some of that anxiety. My background is I, I have a, a math degree and my CFA, and so I was always a, a very analytical, uh, an analytics guy, numbers numbers guy. Um, and um, so what I wanted to do coming out of university is I wanted to get into equity research and portfolio management on the asset management side. I had the experience of, of working uh, with, with my dad in wealth management. And uh, during that process, the part that actually was that was most enjoyable to me was the, the part uh, dealing with clients, dealing with individuals, meeting with them. It's a great business. It's one where, and it's one that can be very rewarding. You're dealing with people's uh, unique circumstances, uh, things that are very personal to them, and you're helping them to achieve their goals and aspirations. And so it can be a, very rewarding from that perspective. Um, the other thing as well is it's a job that has, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, has so many elements to it. Uh, it's finance goes beyond just the investment portion. Um, it's has so many elements that are all unique. Every single day, I learn something new in this job. Whether it be dealing with taxes, or dealing with insurance, or dealing with major estate issues, uh, every single client that we deal with has a unique uh, situ uh, situation or circumstance, and it's our job to help provide solutions for them. So part a uh, part of the switch, I guess, from being asset management, equity management, equity an analysis focused uh, into wealth management was having um, a job that was, I guess, more rewarding and, and uh, one where, um, which keeps you on your toes. It's fun educating someone and helping someone out early in life and having a lasting effect on their life. Um, it's, it's, it's meaningful. It's the reason why I've got, I went in, I went into this, this, uh, line of work. I've been caught off a few times over the past five-ish years, um, with some very personal, uh, conversations that I've had with clients, uh, people that are dealing with health issues and, uh, really confused in terms of, uh, family dynamics and, uh, you know, they're talking about very intimate things like death and passing on their estate to their loved ones or dealing with kids that have mental issues and, 
and uh, need to have the proper structures in place so that they can still receive government funding and also still be able to to have their man have their parents assets and so we do deal with very intimate things uh very frequently um we work with lawyers and, and accountants as well to to um to make sure that everything is, is taken care of and uh so the, yeah, the the conversation we do have can be very very intense and personal just listened to the very first episode of financial advice for all financial advice for all is a podcast about personal finances and it's offered by advocates the financial advisors association of canada